Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Thursday, October the 5th. On the show today, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor spoke to the media this morning and is apparently back with the team. Uh, Working to get up to speed to play perhaps on Sunday? I don't know. Anyway, Danny Bridges with the Indianapolis Recorder will join us uh, with the latest on that breaking sports news from the Colts and running back Jonathan Taylor. That'll be in our second hour. Also, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you'll hear from one local woman uh, who's working hard to end the disease, both of those in our second hour. October is also Blind Equality Achievement Month. The vice president of the Indiana National Federation of the Blind will join us with more on what the observance means and the latest resources available for the blind and visually impaired. Lee Martin and Blind Equality Achievement Month coming up about 30 minutes from now. A quick reminder. Um, as we've been sharing with you the past several days tonight at the New Direction Church, 5330 East 38th Street. Tonight is the big I Love You album release party and concert with none other than Erica Campbell. Uh, she is, as you know, a multiple award-winning songwriter, best-selling recording artist, and... Of course, our Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell host. Erica Campbell herself uh, hopefully uh, will be in with us, but if not, you can catch her this evening um, at uh, New Direction Church. Again, her latest album release is titled I Love You. Tonight's party and concert are free, uh, but you're encouraged to register for the tickets at Eventbrite. Doors open at 630. Uh, I understand the concert's going to start around 730. You might want to get there early, though, because I'm sure it's going to be a very crowded event. Uh, The evening's going to be hosted by uh, another one of our very own uh, international gospel music recording artist, Lamar Campbell. So all of that taking place at New Direction Church tonight, all free, um, and all gets started around 730. 30. Uh, then tomorrow, uh, Erica Campbell will do her Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell uh, show live from the Madam Walker Legacy Center starting at 6 a.m. That's tomorrow morning. So a whole lot of Erica Campbell, you guys. We're going to, you know, how, how lucky are we? Uh, this lady is just uh, phenomenal and has been uh, over the years. And so we really appreciate uh, the fact to have her here with us in the city. Um and um, all that she's going to be doing. So, again, tonight, uh, the Big I Love You album release party in concert. Uh, and then tomorrow, uh, Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell live from the Walker Legacy Center starting at 6 a.m. Um, some other news. Um as we were telling you all week, and we're going to, you know, tell you right up until we, we, we get going with it. Uh, as you know, the mayoral debate is going to be uh, live on our stations Sunday evening, <coughs> excuse me, starting at 5 o'clock as well. Democratic mayoral incumbent, um, 
Joe Hogsett and his GOP challenger, Jefferson Shreve. They're going to square off in a live stream debate right here again Sunday, October the 8th. That starts at 5. Uh, the debate being brought to you courtesy of Radio 1, the Indianapolis Recorder, and the African-American Coalition of Indianapolis. It's going to focus of issues, uh, focus on issues of importance to the African-American community, um, as well as the city of Indianapolis uh, at large. So, um also, as you just heard um, on the commercial right before, uh, immediately after the debate, we're planning a roundtable discussion with a group of likely voters who will watch the debate and will share their thoughts. Um, we've been assembling uh, this group, and I think we've got a pretty good one. Uh, been in touch with them, and uh, most of them are very excited about uh, coming in, watching the debate, and sharing their thoughts and reflections on what um, they had just seen. Sunday evening's debate will be moderated by our own Cameron Riddle and Oshia Boyd, uh, editor-in-chief of Indiana News Initiative, the post-debate roundtable, so to speak. Um, discussion of likely voters is going to be hosted by me. Um, and that's going to start immediately after the debate ends. So again, the debate will be both broadcast on our Radio 1 stations, WTLC AM and FM, Hot 100.9, and live-streamed on our respective websites as well. It will also be live-streamed on the Recorder's Facebook page. Um, also, uh, you have until tomorrow. This is something else we've been talking about all week, but it is so, so very important. Uh, please make your voices heard. Uh, if you do not want your utility bill, your power bill, your electric bill uh, to go up, uh, and you do not want AES to be granted this uh, this rate increase that they're asking the Indiana State Utility Regulatory Commission to give them, let them know. Uh, there was a meeting, in-person meeting Monday night, but you still have you can still have your voice heard, make your voice heard. Um, you can email or send a written letter into the IURC uh, and say yay or nay. I, I Again, I, I jokingly say I don't know of anybody that would be in favor of a rate increase. Uh, although... Some people that were talking yesterday about having stock in AES, they might be in favor of it. But us, us folks, you know, the consumers, I don't have any AES stock. Uh, consumers, we want um, that rate increase to not be granted at all or at least at least be mitigated down to something manageable. But uh, $17 a month uh, and then by all projections from the consumer uh, group Citizens Action Coalition uh, is estimating that it could be, you know, upwards of $23, uh, a little bit more than $23 a month. So um, the information for you to uh, email uh, your um your position to the IURC. Uh, you can email uh, it to uccinfo at ouccin.in.gov. Again, uccinfo at ouccin.in.gov. And then you can mail your public comment to uh, 150 West Washington Street, Suite 1500 South, Indianapolis 46204. Again, 1500 West Washington Street. I'm sorry. 115, 115 West Washington Street, Suite 1500 South, Indianapolis, 46204. Uh, our lines are open right now, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. I got to tell you, this story had me captivated last night, you know, for a number of reasons. Did y'all hear about the monkey, Momo, Momo the monkey? that that uh, apparently jumped a fence and, and got loose uh, late yesterday evening and uh, throughout the night and all morning long and, you know, for hours, uh, animal control, police, neighbors, uh, I, I guess the owners, owner's family, have all been looking for Momo the monkey, which apparently jumped the fence and uh, just went wild. Well, 
uh, right before we came on. And again, if you want to weigh in on Momo the monkey, um, please feel free. Because I, I'm a little. I, I have some thoughts about that too. But the the good news is the monkey was captured uh, this morning, about an hour or two ago. You know, it went all over social. There's a picture, and uh, my understanding is that the person who captured Momo. Uh, was the owner's uh, brother or relative. Anyway, it was a relative of wherever Momo lived that captured Momo. And um, so this this monkey, this wild monkey, was running uh, free the streets of the far east side of Indianapolis. I guess it was uh, on East Washington Street, uh, just, uh, just, just south of East Washington Street, from what I understand, around uh, Midhoffer Road is where the house and the subdivision was, uh, where Momo lives or lived. And um, from my understanding... Um, that's where Momo was found, apparently, not too, too terribly far away from where uh, he jumped uh, the fence last night. Now, I was I was looking at um, reading a, a lot of different accounts because you get a whole lot more, you know, if you just read one. So I was looking at, at the Star. I was looking online. I was looking on Wish. I was looking on, uh, you know, Fox 59. I was just looking at a bunch of different reports. And uh, what I came away with, the star had the most, which makes sense because they're, you know, they're, um, uh, they're print. So, but apparently, according to the star, Momo had gotten away before, uh, jumped the fence before. I guess this was back in July uh, and was uh, safely captured and, and taken back. Um, so this is apparently, again, according to the Star's reporting, the second time since July of this year that Momo has jumped the fence and gotten away. Um, but again, a short time ago, IMPD reported that Momo had indeed been captured and was safe. And that's good news because it's a wild animal. It's a wild animal. And a whole lot could have happened. You know, they uh, could have been hurt. There was a... Uh, I, I'm not going to play it, but there was a, a, a video uh, that was shared with the star, and apparently a woman was videotaping the monkey, and there was a young child in the background that says, Mom, please, could you, 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 you're, you're taking, taking pictures. That monkey can hurt us, you know. And so um, there was a child that was more concerned about the safety. I guess the, the parent was, um, was really concerned about getting the pictures uh, of the monkey. Thankfully, neither the child nor that parent were uh, hurt. Um, Momo is reportedly, though, I mean, Momo wasn't sent back home. Uh, again, according to the, all the reports, I'm, I'm looking at an aggregate of all of them. Momo um, is now reportedly in the custody of the Indianapolis Animal Care Services pending a home inspection. Um, you might ask, is it legal for a wild or dangerous animal in the city limits? Uh, to is, is it legal to have a wild or dangerous animal within the city limits? Um, and apparently it is with restrictions. I'm going to get to those restrictions in just a moment. But uh, first, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. What are, what are your thoughts about a wild monkey running, running free in a, a you know, residential neighborhood? 317-239-1310. Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Hey, Ken, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, in fact, yeah, I just saw that that was it was uh, on the news here about an hour ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, if uh, I think the owner just falls on the, the owners, uh, if you you know just if you can't control this thing, maybe you shouldn't have it. I don't know. I mean, that's that's with all you know, you know. Owners are are responsible for what do you want with the wild i i don't know I, and you know what maybe i, 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 I need to understand 
I think it's all ego, you know. I mean, yeah. I've seen people own lions and tigers and uh, oh, what? all kind of so-called, what they call it, exotic animals. Exotic animals. And, they don't belong in a residential neighborhood with don't. children they, come on, they, and come families. On. I mean, if they you live in the, wild. in the wild or even if you live out, you know, have a lot of acreage and a lot of room for these animals to at least be somewhat sure. in their national habitat. But why would you put a wild monkey in a residential neighborhood? There's, there's no place. The monkeys, the monkeys don't what monkeys do. They jump fences and they run. I mean, and, I and you can't and, and you can't get mad at the animal because, like you said, that's part of their who they are. That's what a monkey does. Yeah, that's their DNA. You know, a monkey's going to be a monkey. I don't care if it's Indianapolis, New York, or whatever. You know. Uh, I just think it's, it all falls on eagle. Like, hey, I got a monkey, and look at me, and, and well, I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's. I'm sure. sure it's pretty expensive. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, probably. To own uh, such a creature, I mean, but, I mean, it's bad enough to own a German Shepherd or a Beagle. You know, I mean, it. But let alone a monkey or a lion or a tiger or uh, a bear. Yeah. Come on, people. You know, yeah. come on. These things belong in the wild, or they belong in. A zoo, they really, you know. Now maybe this is the the liberal in me. You know, I'm not a big fan of zoos because animals belong in the wild. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, I mean, they don't. They're not there for human, you know, observation. You know, mm -hmm. circus zoos. You know, I mean, I, I well, you know, and, I, and uh, they apparently they're again. I'm going by what the Star was reporting, but. Uh, I guess when uh, Momo went missing the first time back in the summer, uh, there was a Facebook post that uh, said, you know, I guess looking for it and please, you know, help us find Momo. And I guess there was a post of Momo in a Christmas sweater, uh, curled up, eating a Lay's potato chip. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then uh, there was apparently a post of Momo carrying a stuffed animal. I mean, this animal, uh, this wild, uh, exotic animal is... Exactly. The word wild. Yeah, it's a wild animal. It's wild. It's a wild animal. I mean, <sighs> if somebody gets hurt, or do you remember years ago, you know, this chimpanzee got away and attacked a woman? And, yes. And, like and you never thought them. chimpanzees were very aggressive. Oh my goodness! You know? It was hor It was horrifying what happened to them. She lost her vision. Oh, she had to have a face yeah, she transplant. Lost her, face. She lost her face. Lost her face. Yeah, I had to have a face because the monkey went crazy. Uh, it, yeah. it just went off, and it was agitated and in a confined space, and it's just, you know, and, and who knows, maybe Momo was, was trying to get away twice now in a matter of months. Maybe Momo's ready to roll. You know, he's ready to go. I don't you know. know. I don't. But I, I my mean, thing is, I just, I was just well, telling everybody case, I knew out in east to be careful. But in the case of the chimpanzee, that's an ape. You know, is that a monkey? I mean, but. Mm. Uh, well, whatever you know, it was. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, mm. but one has a tail, one doesn't, so. Uh, but I, I don't know. Uh, but I, what I wanted to call in it was about this woman who was arrested for videotaping the police up here in Lawrence. Oh, um, gosh, yeah, Republic, yeah, yeah. I need to know more about know, that, but I got the gist of it. They told her to move, and she didn't. Yeah, because, uh, you know, because once again, the GOP, the party law and order, mm -hmm. is condoning police brutality. You know, you know. Well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, you, tell me what you tell me. What are, what are you talking about there? There was somebody. I, huh. Yeah, there was an individual going into an ambulance. She was yeah. waiting to make sure this individual's okay. That the cops weren't doing nothing. They ain't got no business 
doing, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and they arrested her for video, you know, because this is law. You got to stand so much far away from the end. Or when, a, when an officer is arrested, somebody, you got to stand so much far away. Yeah, yeah, 25-foot rule, yeah. Yeah, that way, because, you know, we, we know the GOP, the party law and order, but we, we don't, they're, they're not very orderly these days, especially in Washington, D.C. But, you know, that's what the police is doing. You know, if a police is doing something wrong, the Republicans don't want you videotaping that cop doing something here. <sighs> yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, Jeff, if she was asked by the police officers to stand back and she ignored that, that request, she ignored that. What what then? Well, you know, I mean, if she's in, in, you know, if she's, you know, meddling in police affairs, yeah, I, I will say so. But if she's like, you know, if she's with, well within her First Amendment right, her constitutional right, she's not interfering with law enforcement, then, okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, what are they going to take our cameras away from us now? Because that's the gist. I mean, the Republicans want a, a Fahrenheit 451 society. They want... I just stop it. They want a police state. But if she's interfering, and I'm pro-law enforcement like, like anyone else, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not anti-cop. I'm anti-rawler. If an officer's doing wrong, he needs to be held accountable. So if this is just a, a ploy Was someone apparently mistreating the patient on the gurney going into the ambulance? Is that what the— Because, again, I need to yeah, find out but, more. I don't know. All I know is that uh, uh, what the police say, and then I heard her on camera saying she just wanted to make sure that whoever it was in the ambulance, that they were okay. And that they told—they asked her to, to stop right where she was, and she didn't. She she didn't, and so they you know they 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 cuffed her, and arrested her, and she's facing charges now under this new twenty five foot law that the legislature passed. That's because of what passed. happened in two thousand and twenty when the George Floyd mm-hmm. you know uh, demonstration. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this was this was a result of that because you know Republicans are pro police. By, uh, uh, brutality. No, they're pro. They're pro police until you. They come after them, and then they're not. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, 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 Jenny, you, you hit it right on the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It's okay for the cops to beat up folks in inner cities mm-hmm. or in poor areas. Oh, but soon as they yeah, come so that gate, yeah. Mike Brown, we did. We got a problem. You know? The GOP hey, is exhausting with their hypocrisy. But hey, I wanted to ask you, what did you sure. think? What? And and here's another thing that I I didn't get to yet, but um, Cornell West. Uh, you know, he is now, he is no longer seeking the Green Party bid for the presidency. He's leaving the Green Party, but this is according to CNN, he is still going to run as an independent. Still going to run for president as an independent, but he is no longer seeking uh, the Green Party's endorsement. And there's a little bit behind that because there were some solicitations uh, going on uh, nationwide. We, we traced it. It was nationwide solicitation to get uh, Cornell West on the ballot uh, in all 50 states as a Green Party candidate. So I'm assuming that that uh, effort failed. So uh, now uh, if he runs as an independent, um, I, I, that changes the calculus, I guess, to a well, point, I'm, to a point. Regina, yeah. you and I both know this is the founding fathers said this would be a two-party Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Democrat and Republican. Yeah, they both got their issues. Yes, they do. But what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what's the alternative? I mean, you want, I mean, I, I mean, I think we need a third party, but as long as the corporations and the, the lobbyists got anything to say about it, it you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And the big donors, and usually 
third party's going to do nothing but create havoc amongst the, you know, whether it was Ralph Nader or uh, John Anderson or whoever. You know, John Anderson caused Jimmy Carter to lose, was pretty much responsible for Jimmy Carter losing to uh, Ronald Reagan. Ralph Nader kind of helped George W. Bush against Al Gore. Mm. Or was it John Kerry? Was it John Kerry or Al Gore? One of those two. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, usually the third party usually end up hurting Democrats more often, but what do you think is what do you think what do you think is end game what do you think he's what do you think i i do i like what he said i do think he's saying the things that need to be said about you know the uh why does one percent of the population control 99 percent of the wealth that needs to be addressed uh corporate welfare uh, the military industrial complex the the prison industrial these things need to be talked about i mean you know the the, the the school to prison pipeline and the uh, uh, how how disastrous our educational system is how uh, America is slowly slipping into you know we're we're at the level of the old Roman Empire you know only thing that's missing is Nero playing his fiddle while Rome burned because you know. Most great empires don't fall from outside. They fall from within, whether it's Rome, Egypt, uh, the British Empire. We fall from within because, and the Republican Party are exacerbating that. You know, they don't care about the rule of law. They just, Matt Gates, he said his whole thing for bringing Kevin McCarthy down, he said he wants to destroy the system. That was his whole purpose. The heck with that. Well, uh, somebody's grandmother didn't get their Social Security check or school uh School kids can't get their lunch meals. Matt Gates and people like him and Donald Trump, all they want to do is destroy the nation. You know, just, you know, yeah. they, yeah, they well. want to bring they want to bring this the house down. Yeah. So, you know, poor white folks who live in Appalachia, who's on, they're on public assistance too. That's right, mm-hmm. Dave. There are mm-hmm. white people on public assistance. You may not be aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and uh, so, yeah. you know. And I still, I'm still trying to figure why do poor white people still vote for Republicans when Republicans take you every day? Yeah, well, they got no use for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, and then you got some Negroes here in this mm-hmm. who yeah. believe that. Well. You know, it's it, it, it becomes a so uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Jeff is back. So yes. Danny's going to talk about that. Um, I call back. Huh? Is it okay? About yeah, yeah, for, with, yeah. Sports, yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can okay, then. All right. Yeah, Tina, but uh, uh, yeah, but the monkey, the monkey belongs in the water. He needs, he needs to go back to his natural habitat. They're <laughs> not pets. They're not pets. Yeah. All right. Uh, they should at least I be given it. space and room to it's room a, to move. It's room a to century. Move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a century to domesticate the wolf, mm-hmm. which is now the dog, and you know. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, the cat and all that. So I don't get it. You know, I, you know, I, I don't want to share the same room with a tiger. 
I don't. I'm no. Nobody no. Can say Maybe you want to have a living room with a, a lion next, living next door. No. Uh, no such thing, Jeff. No, no such thing. Thank okay. you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, and uh, again, we started off with Momo the monkey uh, has uh, now been captured and returned back to captivity, so to speak, in the care of uh, animal control. Um, I'm sure that they have some stuff to do, some uh, investigation, and they'll check out the home and make sure, you know, since this, according to the star, is the second time in, in a few months that Momo has jumped the fence and gotten away, uh, there'll probably be an investigation. Um, the star also had some inf good information about the city code um, as to whether or not it, it I, I guess it is legal. It is legal. Apparently it is legal with restrictions. Um, owners are not allowed to have more than two wild or dangerous animals on their premises within the city limits, and they they must post clear warning signs that the animals, clear warning signs on their premises that the animals are there uh, and exist. I have no way of knowing uh, if that was indeed the case yet or not. Um, I'm sure we'll find out um, as the investigation into this continues. But this ended this ended as well as it's going to end, uh, you know, with, with no one being seriously hurt and uh, the monkey, I guess, being returned, eventually going to be returned to the owner. Just the practice of keeping wild and exotic animals like that uh, within a residential neighborhood, it, it, it concerns me. But if there's a city ordinance that says you can do it, even though it, it but it restricts you to just two, well, two lions? <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. Um, anyhow, um, let's, uh, let's take a, a, a quick, re again, what I was uh, sharing with Jeff, the other thing I was going to share, CNN reporting that Dr. Cornell West has announced he is no longer running for president as a Green Party candidate. Uh, he will still run for president as an independent. Uh, let's go to a quick commercial break, and we'll come back. Lee Martin, right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. The month of October has been designated by the National Federation for the Blind as Blind Equity Achievement Month. With us now is community activist Lee Martin, who is, just, just bear with me, he is the vice president of the National Federation of the Blind in the state of Indiana. He is the Indiana State Coordinator for the National Federation for the Blind Newsline. He is the president of the National Federation for the Blind Circle City Chapter. He is the co-host of the National Federation for the Blind Newsline Indiana Television Show with his co-host Florence Myers and he is the 2019 recipient of the Martin Luther King Jr. Freedom uh, Award. Uh, Mr. Martin, welcome back to Community Connection. How are you? I'm doing fantastic and how are you doing today, Tina? Out much the same, much the same. I have no complaints whatsoever. Um, I, I just don't know how you up find time to fit all this in. <laughs> so I, you well, know, we're you know, quite honored that you had some time for us today. Yeah, I try to duplicate you in so many ways. Oh, please. Okay. I, I don't see how you find the time either. Well, yeah, time finds you sometimes, I guess. I don't know. So what's going on? What do you have for us? Well, as you indicated, uh, mm -hmm. this is a uh, very important month for us uh, in the uh, blind community with the National Federation of the Blind. It's um, uh, a longstanding uh, month that, or years that we have been promoting these uh, programs uh, and make bringing about awareness of the uh, uh, blind equality um, 
a treatment month for the blind and visually impaired throughout the country. Um, it's a very uh, important uh, step for us um, as members of the blind community mm-hmm. as we uh, try to, you know, let our community know more about us as uh, blind citizens uh, to show that we have capacity in numerous fields and many areas and many accomplishments of the blind uh, members of our community. Uh, here in Indiana, uh, we have uh, great achievements, and I, I tell you, uh, I'm so uh, I'm so pleased and so blessed to become a member of the National Federation of the Blind and become affiliated with individuals that have positive influences on not only the blind community, but our community at large. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 there's so many perceptions and misperceptions of people with disabilities and mm-hmm. Goes uh, into deeper realms with people that are, are blind and visually impaired. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me the last time you were here, you you, you shared with with us a shocking statistic regarding uh, the unemployment rate um, among the blind and visually impaired, not only in Indianapolis and the state of Indiana, but nationwide. Uh, can you share that again? And and has that improved since the last time you were here at all? Well, I would say that uh, it, in some aspects, it has improved, mm-hmm. but very marginally. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about a seventy percent unemployment rate, still say it was. I knew it was over fifty percent. That's unbelievable. And and then when you dive into that percentage and look at certain. Um, you know, ethnicities, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it skyrockets from there as well. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that the National Federation of the Blind, we have uh, numerous legislative priorities, and uh, they, also, they deal a lot with um, education, vocational rehabilitation, mm-hmm. um, employment, and also uh, membership. Uh, we have so many people out here that's... Um, partnering and working in these uh, different uh, employment capacities for uh, people that are blind and visually impaired. And I tell you, the National Federation of the Blind uh, has been a leader uh, since the 1940s, and uh, we've had great leadership out of the state of Indiana. Uh, You know, one of the individuals is uh, Dr. Mark Maurer, Mm-hmm. Uh, whom I met, and also um, Mr. Paul Howard, and, and this Mr. Ron Brown uh, uh, recently served, and is still at, he served as president and still is serving uh, as the second vice president in the nation for the National Federation mm-hmm. of the Blind. And uh, we now have our, uh, we, we have our president, uh, Mr. Uh, Payne Brolin, and we also had another president in there, uh, Ms. Diane Graves. So mm. we've had individuals that have been strong leaders uh, throughout this, this organization throughout the state of Indiana. And uh, we still um, meet these challenges uh, uh, through with education. Uh, we have great individuals as we talk about the blind equality achievement. Uh, we have individuals that uh, do great things here in the state of Indiana. And just in, uh, say for like instance in education, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. we 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 have individuals that have won national awards 
for their leadership in the field of education. Uh, we have several individuals now within the state of Indiana that um, um, have their doctor degrees, um, have, uh, um, Dr. Uh, Yvette Simmons-Reed. Uh, she's at Ball State University. She does uh, a lot of great things there. She's totally blind. We also have uh, a new member to our community is uh, Dr. Catherine Betts. Mm-hmm. She's at um, IU uh, Indianapolis, and she mm-hmm. uh, works uh, diligently throughout the blind community and uh, uh, does great work. And yeah. There's a lot of work to do. So, so, Mr. Martin, you're such an advocate and, and so well-known in so many circles. What, in your estimation, needs to be done to lower that astronomical unemployment rate? Because it, it that I mean, I, I don't know too many communities that can sustain themselves with the unemployment rate uh, over 50 percent, let alone 70 percent? Well, uh, I'll tell you, with, through the leadership of the National Federation of the Blind, as I mentioned, you know, uh, uh, education, uh, starting with our children, we, we know that um, uh, literacy is king, and uh, we know that uh, informed citizens make informed decisions. So, you know, we, we, we must start with our children, uh, we have different programs uh, throughout the um, state of Indiana. We start out with our legislature uh, addressing issues of, of mm-hmm. parental rights. Uh, we have uh, issues um, that definitely impact all of us. Uh, if it impacts mainstream, it impacts us three to mm-hmm, four times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as you can see, through that unemployment rate, yeah. uh, I have to say the resilience of um, the um, uh, blind community and the advocacy groups uh, throughout the country, throughout Indiana, uh, keeps that at the forefront um, because there's so many misperceptions mm-hmm. yeah. of what blind people uh, can and cannot do. Cannot do, yeah. Uh, oftentimes, uh, it, it, you know, I used to say that it was a, a subliminal messages, but now I believe that it's messaging that has. Mm-hmm. Uh, been around so long that it's basically mm-hmm. seared into our society uh, in in all aspects yeah. of our society, from our yeah. from our, our homes to our communities to our churches, uh, uh, through our legislature mm-hmm. and things of that. But thank God that we have individuals out here that are um, making uh, differences. You yeah. know, we have differences yeah. in uh, technology. Mm-hmm. You know, we we. we, we we advocate hard and uh, bring it into our congressmen mm-hmm. and to our legislators uh, about access. If yeah. we don't have access yeah. uh, to the different technologies and the tools, uh, then uh, in any community, right. you know, you're going to be, you know, stumbling yes. and and trying to find your way, and that's not what we're about. No, and you know what we uh, we have been able and and whatever the technology is, it's amazing uh, that has allowed us to seamlessly email each other back and forth. And so I I, I appreciate the technology. Um, I have a friend who uh, lost her hearing, um, and she has some amazing technology uh, that helps her navigate. But like you say, you have to have access to it. You have to know about it. You have to be educated uh, about the use of it. But it does free up so many different lanes in so many different areas. Mr. Martin, uh, we have on uh, on the line uh, Dr. Byron Austin. Um, uh, Dr. Austin, are you there? Doc- Dr. Austin, are you there? Yeah, hello. Yes, hello, how are you? I am blessed, I am blessed. I do, I do want to say, uh, uh, 
But Mr. Martin, mm-hmm. Dr. Lee Martin, has helped me a lot. I mean, you know, I lost my life. Okay. It is, it's a really and it really oh, you're going, you're going out. Um, the, the city of Indianapolis to know this can happen to anybody. I mean, because it made me uh, uh, want to keep living because I lost my in the world. And Lee came on like a big brother, and he helped me uh, uh, get through this to start working with everything that I knew how to do. Oh. And I, do, I just wanted to call in and, and give give that up. And, and let you know that, you know, it is good. Well, thank you. Thank you. We we lost a lot of what you were saying because we had a, a bad connection, but I, I, I got the gist of it that uh, that Mr. Martin um, helped you through a, an incredibly difficult time in your life uh, when your sight failed you. Okay, I thank you. Can you hear, can you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we we lost a lot of what you said, but I think we got the gist. Mr. Martin, did we get the gist of it? Yes, we did, and I appreciate those comments from um, Dr. Austin there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I just would say to that, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not uh, what I have done. It's what God has done mm-hmm. uh, to lead us through this journey, because it is a journey and it is a challenge as we try to improve the lives of individuals uh, that are blind. We know that, once again, we go back to uh, capacity, um, uh, blind equality achievements month. We know that without uh, equity, uh, there's uh, no equality. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we really work hard on trying to, uh, with our diversity, equity, and inclusion, and access, uh, and then also many of our other programs with the National Federation of the Blind, mm-hmm. to, to make sure that um, blind people just aren't uh, stuck, isolated, mm-hmm. and introverted, uh, that they are uh, out here um, getting the education, getting the proper tools. And one of the programs. Federation of the Blind has is the um, National Federation of the Blind Newsline, and it is a yeah. That's uh, yeah. You were telling me about that the last time you were here. Newsline, yeah, yeah. free audible information service that um, you know really has enhanced the lives of um, citizens here in the state of Indiana, throughout the country, and around the world. You know, uh, once again, we talk about. Um, information, you know, having that information at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Uh, These upcoming general elections and primaries is coming up. Everything that's going on in the world, um, you have free access to that. Um, uh, Thanks to a number of people uh, within the state of Indiana legislature that we do have this free uh, Mm. access. And um, I'll tell you, we cover the entire state of Indiana, and uh, it's a great uh, program for our seniors adults, youth, mm-hmm. um, and veterans, you know, so, uh, you know, you have free access uh, to your national publications, international publications, state publications, and uh, advertisements uh, from the Target and Walmart circulars, uh, you know, things, uh, TV guide listings, job listings, which are very important. And uh, for many of us seniors that have uh, children or grandchildren or know of people that say, well, I just can't find a mm-hmm. job. Well, we can get on the NFB Newsline and we can find you over 200,000 jobs uh, so that you can wow. look 
make sure that you you can see if those jobs are you can qualify for those jobs anywhere in the country. How are our educational systems doing? Because I know there there you know it, people have long pointed to the Indiana School for the Blind, Indiana School for the Deaf, as uh, those two institutions as the you know the be all and end all, but. Um, how how are our educational institutions doing with with educating our young who are visually impaired and or blind? Well, you know, with the shortages that we find now, uh, with the teaching staff ah, uh, around the around the state and around the country, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that multiplies within uh, our community as okay. well, and it has its impact. But I would say, for parents of uh, blind children. You know, to um, learn more about uh, the National Federation of the Blind and and one of our programs with the uh, parents of blind children. Um, There's so much information out there to where we can make sure that uh, our our students are Mm -hmm. getting the IP programs and things Mm -hmm. of that nature Mm -hmm. so that um, they can um, be compatible, um, uh, competitive in in our society. Uh, we want our, our people to be competitive. And with the uh, changes in technology, the advances in technology, we can uh, change the lives and uh, we can live the life we want. Mm-hmm. But, we, but we all know that it takes work. Yeah. We're running through this like a, a racehorse down there in Kentucky. <laughs> so, so what what do you do on your talk show? I mean, you what what do you talk? What are some of the topics and areas that you cover on your show? Well, we we cover a myriad of issues there. Um, myself and Florence Myers, uh, we we work there at WHMB forty, mm-hmm. and um, the, the, the we cover our our mission is to uh, bring about awareness of uh, blindness. Some of the uh, initiatives that we have throughout the state of Indiana, uh, anywhere from education, anywhere from vocational rehab, uh, anywhere from uh, employment, as we mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we bring on individuals from uh, every uh, agency that we have uh, here in the state of Indiana. Um, right now, we're really working on uh, voting. Uh, we mm. know that, uh, the Indiana, the state of Indiana, yeah, um, has had a settlement uh, with the absentee voting ballot, uh, where individuals now can uh, vote from home uh, independently, and um, you know that is a, a great achievement through partnering with um, uh, Indiana Disability Rights and um, uh, different advocacy groups uh, throughout the state of Indiana, and and that's a great um, uh, tool. Uh, we encourage our members and our members of our community, the blind, visually impaired communities, to get out and uh, exercise your right to vote. Mm. We, you know, uh, as you know, uh, that's a very, is very mm-hmm. important, and, and even our votes count. Everybody's. What do you mean, even our every vote counts? <laughs> every vote counts, and um, getting people to understand the value of that. I mean, I. I, I don't I don't necessarily because I don't think browbeating does a whole lot uh, for folks, but just getting people to embrace it and 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 be as proud of it as as so many of us are uh, is is a challenge in and of itself. And I, I don't know how we got so far away, especially those of us in the African-American community, because I was talking to uh, to a woman yesterday and you know she was talking about a an elderly relative who 
never misses voting. You know, this relative is in her 90s. And I said, yeah, that's the generation. They never missed. It didn't matter. Off-year, municipal, primary, special referendum, whenever the doors open to be able to cast what you want to say, they were there. And um, that that spirit just seems to be waning. It just doesn't seem to be as alive and well as, as we would all hope it would be, especially in our young. Well, especially in our young, and that's why it's very important that we keep that out in front and uh, keep that as an educational tool. Yeah. Um, I want to um, also mention here several things. Uh, um, dealing with the, uh, you know, this, this particular month, uh, Blindness Equality Achievement Month. Uh, yeah, Blindness we have Equality a, We have a, uh, oftentimes people may wonder, well, how do the blind uh, actually involve themselves in sports, or how do they involve themselves uh, uh, in, in different activities? Well, here in the state of Indiana and right here in the city, we have a, a beat baseball team, blind individuals that play baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's the Indiana Thunder, in, Indy Thunder, and they're coached by uh, Mr. Darnell Booker, and we, they also have um, an individual that's uh, in the Hall of Fame for the uh, World Beach Baseball, and that's Mr. Ronald Brown. Now, they mm-hmm. have come out with a, a documentary um, that is uh, being filmed right now through the um, uh, uh, film festival. And um, it's, it's just uh, the Heartland Film Festival has picked them up. So I would encourage individuals to um, find out more about this uh, great achievement. These individuals have, this team has won, I think, five, if not six, World uh, Beach Baseball Championships. And it is very amazing how they play baseball. Now, we have um, also individuals that uh, uh, have played golf. We have two young young ladies uh, in high school now, they're twins, uh, mm-hmm. and Jordan. Uh, they have um, uh, experience playing uh, golf, and uh, there's also a, a blind golf uh, tournament every year in our city. Um, mm. uh, we, I've tried playing golf myself as a blind veteran, mm-hmm. and uh, I never played golf before, but uh, I did hit the ball, but... I don't know if you know much about golf, but I, I was good on divots and fours. <laughs> okay. okay, I do know a little bit about golf. You, you, you were good on the divots. Okay, hey, everybody's got a lane, you know. We we all have a lane and a specialty area. Well, good for you. Good for you. And you know what? The thing, the thing that... Uh, that I find d- difficult is getting people to at least try it. Folks have a preconceived notion about golf a lot of times. I, I love the game. I love being out there. Um, I love the peace and tranquility of it all. But uh, that's one particular sport, uh, Mr. Martin, that they just people just have a preconceived notion about. They just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like I'm not chasing that ball. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know. Okay. Well. Well, I tell you, you know. Uh, I must, must mention uh, two things here, too, uh, that uh, this October, uh, next week, matter of fact, um, uh, October the 12th through the 15th, uh, the National Federation of the Blind of Indiana, we're holding our state convention. Mm-hmm. This will be our first convention uh, since COVID. 
uh, coming together uh, as members and coming together as our community. Oh, wonderful. Invite our community out uh, to visit with us. Uh, It's going to be held at the Embassy Suites on uh, Vincent's Road. Once again, that's... Oh, that's on the north side, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, That's October the 12th through the 15th. And uh, we have our national rep that's coming in from um, Texas. Uh, Her name is uh, Norma Grossi, and she's a very intelligent um, advocate um, with the blind and uh, with the National Federation of the Blind. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just want to encourage people to come out uh, on that Thursday, uh, 7 p.m., the doors open at 6.30, we'll be having a, a town hall meeting. Uh, that will be uh, televised mm-hmm. uh, there. So uh, we want individuals to come out with that. And on Friday, we have um, a number of speakers that's coming in. We have uh, individuals from the uh, uh, Indianapolis Police Department that will be coming in talking about uh, uh, safety and security. Um, we, we have uh, blind vendors, uh, which um, a business enterprise program, those individuals that are uh, Mr. Joy Higdon and also other individuals uh, that are, are blind uh, vendors. Uh, I would say that the business enterprise program is, is a very uh, lucrative, lucrative program, and um, I would encourage individuals that uh, are blind uh, that uh, want to seek um, uh, you know, competitive employment. Uh, that's a great avenue there uh, through the business enterprise program. You come out and learn more about that. Uh, we have a gentleman that's coming in that's traveled the world. Um, doing, um, is totally blind. Uh, he got shot during a uh, hunting accident. He's a veteran as well. And um, since that time, uh, he's continued to be an, an adventurous. He's climbed every mountain in the world, Mount Everest. He's done it all, water rafting, canoeing. Mm. Still hunting, and you know, he asked me to come and go hunting with them. I said, "Well, I think I'll pass on that." <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, uh, we we have uh, great speakers coming out. Yeah, we also right. have a representative, Robin Shackelford, that will be coming out and um, presenting to the. Uh, so, to is the there meeting. is there a registration for this? And if so, where do people go to register? Okay, you can uh, visit us at nfb-in.org. That's nfb-in.org. And uh, you can uh, find out the information right there. There is a registration free fee, and um, it's uh, $75. So, and that does include a luncheon uh, on Saturday. So um, we will be having a, a lot of activities uh, throughout the, um, the, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. So, and this uh, is going to be, what are the dates again, in case someone is just tuning in? That is um, October the 12th through the 15th. And it'll be at the Embassy Suites North? Embassy Suites North, uh-huh, on off of Vincent's Road. Uh, most people would know it better as Michigan Road. So um, we look forward to to that as well. And I must say to you, Tina, um, I and the city owes you a great bit of gratitude for all the work that you do. We know that, um, you know, you are truly a blessing for the city. 
And um, I don't know what tomorrow holds or the next minute holds, but I just want to say from my mouth is that may you continue to be blessed as you continue to bless so many others in this city. Uh, Just put that into you. Right back at you because you are a giant in what you do. And um, there's so many people that you uh, have led. I mean, uh, you are doing things that um, you are climbing those mountains and Mount Everest and and you're not only doing it for yourself, you're doing it for others. So your selfless nature and um, everything that you're out there every day doing for so many people, uh, I applaud you because, uh, again, I'm looking at all of these hats and all these titles and everything that you're involved in and it's all service. It's all service. And so we thank you, uh, Mr. Martin. Thank you very much for that. I would say this to that. Uh, There are so many Many people that has uh, helped me along this journey. I lost my sight 23 years ago, and uh, a lot of people know me through my um, uh, uh, lawsuit through with Daimler Chrysler. Mm. Uh, once I lost my sight, I lost my job. But it was the National Federation of the Blind, uh, individuals like uh, President Ron Brown uh, that stepped in, the Blinded Veterans Association, and um, many of uh, the advocacy groups uh, within the uh, city and around the country has just stepped in to build me up from uh, the trials uh, mm. where I am at today. So it, it takes a it takes a, a village it's oh, a, a, to raise us and, and, and nurture us all uh, through our perils. And uh, you know, I, I just can't say enough about uh, the National Federation of the Blind and a lot of our colleagues. Um, you know, I can't say enough about uh, Bosma Enterprises that does a lot of employment of blind citizens and a lot of vocational rehab work with citizens. Uh, there's uh, uh, so many independent living groups throughout the uh, state of Indiana that um, we're uh, raising um, their levels of uh, uh, understanding uh, what, uh, for blind citizens throughout our communities. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it does take us all. Uh, to make sure that uh, we, um, in this time, pass it on to our youth uh, so that they won't have to be confronted with some of the uh, challenges that we have. Yeah, well, you've got a tremendous heart. This is true challenges. Indeed. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Indeed, tremendous heart, Mr. Martin. And and you are, uh, like I said, you are truly the champion in our community, and we are grateful for you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing, and do come back again. Well, I certainly appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you. We'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. 
It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child Advocates, your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection a little bit after the top of the hour. And again, I want to thank uh, Lee Martin, uh, just such a wonderful community activist and advocate uh, for the blind uh, and throughout the state of Indiana. He, he's just phenomenal. Um, and like I was saying, he is the vice president of National Federation of the Blind Indiana, Indiana State Coordinator for the National Federation for the Blind Newsline, president of the National Federation for the Blind Circle City Chapter, and co-host of his own show, talk show that he co-hosts with uh, Florence Myers, and of course the 220, 2019 recipient of the Martin Luther King Jr. Freedom Award. Truly a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal citizen, and our hats go off to him and thank him again. Uh, again, their uh, conference is October 12th through the 15th at the Embassy Suites North. Uh, that's right off uh, Michigan Road, and uh, we'll have the information um, as to how you can go online uh, and register for that uh, right here on our informational website, praiseindy.com. Um, as uh, Mr. Martin was telling us about the fact that um, October uh, was designated uh, by the National Federation for the Blind as Blind Equity Achievement Month, and uh, quite a few things were lined up for that. October is also, as you know, uh, is very well known, uh, is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And uh, here now with more on that is a returning guest, Denise Sanders. She is the founder uh, and president of the Glitz and Glamour Breast Cancer Foundation, uh, working diligently uh, to draw more awareness and to, to help stamp it out. Uh, you know, everybody that's in organizations like what Denise Sanders is a part of are all working uh, to eradicate uh, breast cancer as it stands. So, uh, Denise Sanders, welcome back to Community Connection. How are you? Thank you so much, Tina. I am great. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yes, yes. So how have things been going since you were last here? Everything has been going wonderful. Um, we are now uh, obtaining our own mammogram bus. We will be joining with different companies when they do, like, their fairs. Or we'll be able to be out there and help those that need mammograms uh, and that cannot afford them. We will have our own mammogram bus. We have a doctor on our board now. So everything is going just wonderful. So a free mobile mammogram bus? Yes, we'll be coming soon, yes. Wow! Wow! Now, where yeah. where will, will that? How will that work? I mean, will will you place it in certain, or will people request it, or is it both, or how's that going to work yeah. when it's up? What we're going to do first is just try to partner with different companies like the Cummins. Um, they do a lot a lot of fairs. We're going to try to also hit some of the healthcare companies like Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare, different ones that do fairs, and that and we can bring our mammogram bus on their property or online with them and be able to offer mammograms. Well, tell us about the Glitz and Glamour Foundation, who you are and what you do, for those who may not remember. Okay. The Glitz and Glamour Breast Cancer Foundation um, is a community resource here in the city of Indianapolis, and we're trying to reach abroad. Um, what we do here is try to bring resources to the community uh, regarding um, needs for breast cancer um, patients that are going through um, the different uh, treatments. We also are partnering with um, companies to give resources for those who need wigs. Um, we're also working, um, we have a provincial line, prevention line where um, we're working with a nutritionist um, that can help. So my thing is trying to advocate, but also bringing prevention to the com community because exercising, 
um, eating correctly, things of that nature will kind of prevent and help um, prevent the disease um, at all, you know, even coming up on uh, mm-hmm. persons and individuals. So anyway, um, what we're doing also is bringing stipends. I, I want to mention that. Mm-hmm. Stipends to those that are in need, they do have to apply, and it does go before our board. When I say stipends, because there are people who have lost their jobs or need transportation, money for different things. So that's why we're really big and trying to raise money uh, with our signature event that will be coming October the 8th. Uh, that's just a couple of days from now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I want to back up just a little. And I want to get to the event. A- absolutely get to the event. That's going to be at the Biltwell event center. Correct. Yes. Ma'am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise and diet tip. I've, what's the association between exercise, diet and breast cancer? Um, a lot of times with the, uh, breast cancer, it seems sometimes if it's a lot of times, it's hereditary, hereditary, I'm sorry. But um, you can prevent things like red meat, things like that kind of sometimes bring on different illnesses. So with our nutritionist, she will go through like um, eating clean. I know they talk about that. Or vegan. And um, I do know that different things will can help prevent it. Um, exercising, of course, uh, prevents a lot of different things, but just being healthy. But um, it is it's the best way to try to um, prevent the disease. And, of course, getting our mammograms, um, you know, uh, those are different. They used to say, like, age 50, but um, as we're reading and studying, um, we're finding that it's getting our young ladies a lot earlier, mm-hmm. um, 30 to 40s, or even getting, you know, um, uh, I guess diagnosed with a uh, breast cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So we try to even hit like the younger young ladies as well. So you you talked about a vegan diet. I mean, I, I don't mean to. I, I'm just just kind of fascinated with this because the, yeah. the direct lines that you're drawing here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know that I've I've heard them direct. I mean, I've heard them as far as nutritionally overall body, but to to you know to go into that lane. So are you saying that a vegan diet is best in terms of preventing uh, breast cancer? A vegan diet. Um, it it yes it is only because it's clean eating. But everyone don't have to go into vegan. You can do other things um, besides eating, not you know, not eating meat. Um, but that is considered like clean eating, and so that is really the very plant based, plant based um, uh, eating. It's kind of the clean eating, you know, model. Um, so plant based is really, really um, important for those that are going through. Um, the condition or want to prevent it. Yeah. Oh, to prevent it, going through it or mm-hmm. going to prevent it. So um, so tell me about the, uh, the, the glitz and glitz, the title, <laughs> the, the title glitz and glitz. Tell me about that. Okay. And I know I was, I was thinking, I talked to the board too. I was like, uh, going through the journey is not always glitz and glamour. Um, but how we came about with that for our signature event is that we wanted to celebrate those um, that are, are, are survivors and are thrivers. 
So they made it all, and it's really an upscale type of event. So they wanted to be glitz and glamorous um, to show our support and celebration for the ladies. So that's how the title came about. And then they were like, oh, we're just going to keep it. We're going to keep glitz and glamour Mm -hmm. um, because it is um, a happy term, and it makes you feel good. So that's the reason why um, that term or that name was selected. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so so what are we going to see at the event? What's what's it going to consist of? Oh my goodness, this is our twelfth annual um, event. It will be held at the Biltwell on October the eighth, and you will see um, we have a vendor extravaganza. So uh, we will have um, our vendors there, um, kind of top of the line. Um, they will be serving uh, our individuals and our participants, and then also um, our signature runway show. Um, we will have a full course meal um, that that will be catered by Real Taste Catering. Hey, I'm tooting their horn right now. Real Taste Catering uh, will be the caterers for us. Um, and again, a full runway show and lots of other surprises. The survivors will also be doing a survivor's parade and gifts will be given um, to honor those um, that we will be uh, that will be at the event this year. Wow. So what what time and, you know, all of those, those is it all day or is it, you know? No, it will be at 3 o'clock until 7 o'clock with the social hour between 3 and 4.30. Um, and then the actual program will start at 5. So they're going to give a little time for, for people to get set up and to get their dinner. And then the actual program will start at 5. Social hour again is from 3 to 4.30. Um, but it's a lot of fun, a lot of, um, I guess, people supporting and just, you know, just a, a happy time for our survivors because, uh, as we all know, and I've never been through breast cancer, I became an advocate because of a friend, um, and now I am a strong advocate for it. So every year, um, and even throughout, this is our signature, but throughout the year we do different things um, in the community to try to help um, our survivors. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what's, what's your goal? Do you have a goal this year? Our goal this year, uh, monetarily or for just for our attendees? Well, um, I guess you could do, but I, I guess the, as far as the event itself, uh, monetarily, do you have a goal? Um, we do have a goal, and mm-hmm. I'm not at liberty to say right now, but we do have a goal. And I do want to tell you that our goal is almost sold out. <laughs> our uh, event is almost sold out. Um, how okay, well, that's goal? good. Yes. However, um, we are allowing um, people to come to the door. So if you do want to be a part, you're like, oh, I didn't get a ticket, um, you can uh, come to the door. And they will um, have tickets there where you will be able to come in and enjoy as well. So we do invite the community out um, on October the 8th. Where is the Biltwell, well, um, just for folks that may not know? Okay, Biltwell, I don't have the exact address, but mm-hmm. it is on located on White River Parkway. Oh, okay, the White River Park, down in that area. Uh-huh. So just a little south of downtown and a little um, right. a little to the other side. Of, yeah, okay. Look at the oil stage or the stadium in that kind of area a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's your website again? The website is www.glitzandglamour, and you do have to spell and out, A-N-D, glitzandglamourfoundation.com. Mm. Um, for anyone that wants to donate and you're like, oh, I cannot uh, make it there that day, um, please feel free to donate because we are still looking and raising money. And 
it, again, it is for a great cause, and we are here to try to support mainly uh, our survivors, our thrivers, and then also to help bring prevention as well. Yeah, yeah. And so um, a special message for our African-American women as well, if you will. Um, uh, just a special message for, for us. A special message um, that I would say um, from heart to heart, um, if you could please um, get your mammograms. If you cannot afford, um, because we do work with um, low income as well, um, please reach out because we do have a resource to get you your mammogram. Saving a life is so much um, more and so much important to us. And just want to let you know that those um, that are going through that, you know, having faith and that courage and knowing that you do have someone here to support you, which is the Glisten Glamour Breast mm-hmm. Cancer Foundation. But just to let everyone know that being uh, that particular person for your friend, again, like I said, I lost a friend, but just being there for someone um, makes all the difference. Yeah. And just, yeah. Just want to let everyone know that. And so the women and families that you help are through referrals, or do they contact you, or is it both? A lot of times it's, it is through referrals. Oh, it is through uh, referrals. Okay. It's through referrals, and um, but a lot of times, you know, people do find this, but a lot of times it, it is through referrals. Yeah. So the big event is this Saturday, this Saturday, yeah. uh, October the 8th at the Beltwell uh, Event Center, starting at 3 o'clock. Uh, again, the website, before I have to let you go, what's the website? <laughs> the website is www.glitglitv and glamour, G-L-A-M-O-U-R, foundation.com, www.glitandglamourfoundation.com. Denise Sanders, founder, president of the Glitz and Glamour Foundation, Breast Cancer Foundation, Glitz and Glamour Breast Cancer Foundation. Uh, Congratulations on yet another year, and thank you for all you do. Uh, This is tremendous. And, hey, let us know when the the bus starts rolling. Can you give us a time frame of how long you think it might be before it starts hitting the road? It probably will start hitting the road in the spring of 2024, April. It's our our goal. Project, is that the projected date? Mm-hmm. Yeah, April of 20. Okay, well, a couple months, a couple months. Yeah. We can wait. Mm-hmm. All right, well, congratulations on that. Good luck on the event Saturday, and thank you uh, for all you do. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, and thank you for the time and allowing us to come on. I really appreciate it. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And again, that uh, was Denise Sanders. She is the founder and president of Glitz and Glamour Breast Cancer Foundation. Uh, I believe she said they're going into their 12th year. Um, and they provide a lot of support, uh, a lot of education, just, just a whole lot of things, um, you know, for women going through, women and their families going through uh, breast cancer. Women, men, men have breast cancer as well. I didn't get into that with her. I needed to, I should have, I should have said that. Uh, so um, still ahead on Community Connection. Uh, We have been hearing, uh, I didn't get to see it, though, because I was in another meeting, but apparently, uh, you all know, you've heard, we're switching to sports now, in case you're wondering, we're switching to sports. Um, Embattled, I guess, or, you know, disgruntled, however you want to say it. You know, things got a little tense uh, between, as you very well know, a star, Indianapolis Colts star running back, Jonathan Taylor, uh, his agent and the team, um, trade, all kinds of stuff. Well, apparently, 
uh, uh, Taylor was put on a, a special list, uh, physically unable to perform, or they called the pup list anyway. Wasn't able to play the first four games as a result of being on that list. Coming off the list, uh, met the met the uh, press today during a press conference that I did not get a chance to hear, but it sounds like he is ready to rejoin the team. Uh, went through a walkthrough yesterday and apparently a full practice today uh, as to whether or not he's going to be ready for Sunday's game against Tennessee. <clears throat> we don't know. He he was. I did hear a sound bite. I heard I heard some sound on my way down that he said it's been over 200 days since he's uh, you know been in the game action or something like that. So uh, I can't imagine that he's uh, he's going to be game ready, but maybe he will be. I don't know. He's he's a professional athlete and professionals are just that professionals. But anyway. Uh, when our sports guy with the Indianapolis recorder, Danny Bridges, joins us in about mm, another 10 or 15, 10 minutes or so, I'll tell Danny we're ready for him early. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Danny's uh, latest article in the uh, Indianapolis recorder, who he writes for, um, addresses just that. And it talked about all of the different uh, angles. And, and I, I think he summarized it with uh, that play the game, get your money. You know, that's, you know, with all of the other noise going on around this particular situation it still gets down to play the game get your money get your money play the game you know so uh it's it's as simple as that and so uh i know for one uh i can't wait to talk to danny because i i i think that the colts can do some things i mean i'm not going to get out of I'm not going to get crazy and, and you know, envision a Super Bowl run this year or whatever. But I just think he is so needed. And um, hopefully he can feel that he's needed and appreciated. And, you know, everybody can correct or write their, um, you know, write their ships uh, in this situation. So, again, we're going to be talking about that uh, in just a few minutes when our sports guy with the Indianapolis recorder, uh, Danny Bridges, joins us. Uh, right now, uh, let's see, Naila, uh, go ahead. How are you? I'm okay. How are you, Tina? I'm doing well. Thank you. Okay, we're going to make Thursday tabs a Thursday because we have Tuesday tacos, Thursday tabs, pull tabs for Riley Children's Hospital. They collect pull tabs and then turn them in for money so that families that have children at the hospital can stay at the Ronald McDonald House. So uh, we're just encouraging everyone to save your pull tabs. You can turn them in at Riley Children's Hospital. Schools, some schools could collect the pull tabs and then have a competition between classrooms or grades, but just collect all the pull tabs you can to turn into Riley Children's Hospital. And what, what is the value of those, and how can, can you explain why there, there is value? I guess it's the aluminum that's recycled and... Recyclable aluminum because the tabs, the tabs are all they're not loose anymore. You know how you used to have the ring and you'd pull it back and you have it on your hand or on your finger. These tabs have to be maneuvered off of the cans that they're on and then placed into um, a container bag or what have you for uh, you know for use. But what is the value? How are they used? And where where does Riley send them? I'm, I'm just I'm just curious about it. I don't know how much they get per pull tab. It probably takes quite a few to amount to something because they are so small. But also in addition, well, is is, the, is it the aluminum in them or something? I mean, there's got to be something. I I wish I knew. I I don't think it's a per tab uh, calculation. I think it's per pound uh, right, calculation right. for whatever that uh, that tab consists of. So it's. 
I, I don't know because then I'm trying to figure out why the tab is more valuable than the aluminum can because there's a whole lot more can than there is the tab, right? Well, I would uh, suggest that people, in addition to saving the tabs for the children's hospital, also save the cans and turn them into a recycling place other yeah. than the children's hospital. But, but the tabs are unique in some respect, and I'm just trying to figure out how, how and why they're so unique and why not just cans or what have you. Can, I guess cans are a little bit more, uh, well, number one, they're not as sanitary because they're, you know, they, there's stuff in them sometimes and different things, so you have to be careful with the cans. But the tabs, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to find out. So if anybody knows, let me know. Okay. But uh, my... Uh, my when my youngsters were in middle school, uh, and like I said, they're both of them are inching up to thirty right now. But anyway, when they were in middle school, uh, we used to have uh, we would collect the tabs, and our families would collect the tabs, and they would just take bags and bags of tabs to their respective classrooms in the middle school and turn them in uh, and for fundraising. But I never figured out why just the tabs or what have. We just used to collect tabs. That's all. So mm -hmm. okay, well I'm going to call Riley Children's Hospital and see exactly how many pounds it takes to get a dollar or whatever. But in the meantime, collect the tabs, and sometimes these tabs can be turned in to a McDonald's restaurant. So you might check with your regular McDonald's that you go to all the time to see if they will co collect the tabs. Well, and and the other thing is for the Ronald McDonald houses, for those of people who may not know what a Ronald McDonald house is, it is it's it's similar to a, a I don't know, it's a combination hotel slash uh uh, B and B, uh, but it, it's a residence. It's a residence, fully staffed, fully furnished residence for families uh, who have had to come to the children's hospitals here uh, and and be with their children because they have no place to stay. And I think it's for families what 50 miles away or or longer to be with their their children who you know have long standing long term illnesses. And so it serves. Um, as, a, as a great resource for these families that are helping their children battle whatever uh, medical emergency or medical situation they have. Um, and they're allowed to stay there absolutely free. So, right. And perhaps at your McDonald's that you maybe you go to all the time, you can see if they collect tabs. And maybe if you turn in, you know, 50 tabs, you might get a free drink or something. So you can check at a McDonald's that maybe you go to all the time to see if they collect the tabs. And then if you collect so many and turn them into that McDonald's, maybe you can get a free something at McDonald's. Yeah. I've not seen that promotion, but I, I don't doubt that it probably exists somewhere. It's got to. I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Indianapolis has, uh, you know, a very nice uh, Ronald McDonald house. I think they have an annex to that as well, uh, you know, more, you know, kind of an extension of the Ronald McDonald house as well, which is additional housing. I'm not sure. I haven't checked on that situation in quite a while, but um, the Ronald McDonald house accommodates uh, uh, families uh, with children at Riley Children's Hospital. Right. For the right. most part. So just collect the tabs, and there are several other places around the state and the city where you can turn the tabs in. Mm -hmm. So if you if you call the uh, Riley Children's Hospital and say you want to talk with somebody about the tabs, mm -hmm. they can direct you to. Okay. 
that person that is in right. charge of that. Okay. Well, you know what? I think we've got. It looks like we've got a caller who would like to answer that. So, uh, Naila, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, and then I'm gonna go to Rita, who uh, has the answer that we were asking. So, Rita, how are you? I am great. Um, you know, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. Well, um, it says that the cast is made of a pure, higher-grade aluminum. That's what I was thinking. It had to be that. Yeah, and yeah. it said it's cleaner to collect tabs than cans. It is cleaner, and it yeah. Up less space. Yep, so yep, why. yep. Okay. I figured it was the content, the aluminum content, and certainly a lot more sanitary because, the, like I said, mm -hmm. those cabs can, th those cans uh, can get just downright ugly because, I mean, if you've never walked at, like, at a ballpark or something and seen the cans or whatever right. and the bees and the flies that the cans draw, but the tabs are much cleaner um, yep. and probably have a higher, so you say the higher concentration? A pure, higher-grade aluminum. I like that. Thank you. That helps. That, that It makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It Make, does. It makes perfect sense. All righty. Well, thank you for that, Rita. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Appreciate it. Very very welcome. You have a great day, too. All right. You, too. Thanks, indeed. Thanks. And we are going to take a quick little commercial break right here. And when we come back, uh, Danny Bridges, the Indianapolis recorder. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Our sports guy, Danny Bridges with the Indianapolis Recorder, is back. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Very nice, uh, evenly laid out, uh, entertaining article in the recorder today. I liked well, it. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. uh, I've said this all along. I'm not going to change course. It's too easy to do, but it's not necessary. <laughs> and that this young man, Jonathan Taylor, we're speaking of, is still, in my opinion, in the driver's seat because all he has to do is play as he wants to show that he's still capable of that mm -hmm. and things will take, uh, this thing will settle itself, whether it be here in Indianapolis or a new zip code. I still think there's a chance he can salvage his contractual situation here. And salvage is a kind of a difficult word. He's certainly under contract for the rest of the year. And they do have interest in this young man. They're not totally insane on West 56th street, even though some people will tell you, that they don't like this or that in terms of how the franchise moves forward. But he spoke for 11 minutes today, and about 10 and a half minutes were worthless to me. I didn't attend it, but I say 10 and a half. He made one statement that I thought was profound. He said, I'm here now. And he says, I'm healthy. So let's see where it goes. Will they activate him for Sunday? They still have time. Uh, there's a 21-day window to activate him. He doesn't have to be activated for this weekend. So if he's not activated, mm -hmm. I don't think that's any reason for real concern. On the other hand, if he's healthy, there's no reason not to give that guy a few snaps. Look, he doesn't have to carry the ball 30 times. So let him play. Let him play eight or ten carries and see what happens. Maybe catches a couple passes. But... Get his feet wet. It's been a long time since he's played football. And as I said in that article, there's a reason his picture's on the side of that stadium. 
He was once a hell of a football player. Is he still? He may still be. But let's find out, and let's find out now. Yeah. You think they'll play him Sunday? I think there's a chance he's activated. Was he going to play or not? I, You know, the coach said he looks good, and that's, that's a precursor. But it's not a Shane Steichen decision on whether or not he's activated. He'll have a say in it. But, uh, you know, Ballard is going to be the deciding factor on that. Perhaps some conversation with Brother Ursay as well. But I think Ballard has pretty much got the sole authority to say, you know what, it's time. Or, you know what, we're going to wait another week. Uh, waiting another week is not a... Uh, a sign of uh, big concern, in my opinion. Perhaps he is healthy. Perhaps they want to have him in a few more practices before they throw him in there. But uh, if you think about it, today is the only day they're going to practice, and that's going to be indoors. He's not going to see any contact of any nature. So the first time he takes a crack will be on the actual football field. And maybe they want to ease him into that more so than saying, hey, We've missed you. Come on back. Let's do this. So time will tell. They've still got time to activate him, and they may, but just because he's activated doesn't mean he's going to carry the ball 20 or 30 times. Oh, I bet he does. I mean, maybe not 20 or 30 times. My bet is that he's on that football field Sunday. Could be, but it'll be on a limited basis, and it'd be stupid to put him out there in a full-blown way because uh, his ankle may be healthy, but there's other aspects to the ball game taking a hit, the cardio, uh, the mental aspect of it. You don't want to throw a guy into that. He's been gone that long. You ease them back in. Give him eight or ten carries. That would be plenty. Let him catch a pass or two or at least target him a couple of times. Mm. But don't go crazy. Don't get him re-injured in a different way that could cost him the balance of the season potentially. Yeah. So what about everybody else? Um, uh, you know, the folks that run, is um, is everybody okay? Their injury list for the Colts, the injury list. Well, Pay, uh, Quiddy Pay has a concussion. That I don't know if he's going to come out of that protocol or not. That's probably the biggest concern they have. I mean, certainly they lost a, a member of their defensive backfield with a, with a uh, orthopedic injury or a, an Achilles. I believe it was an ACL. Excuse me. So they're they're not a hundred percent, and they don't have a lot of depth. That's the key thing for these Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you don't have a lot of depth, you can't really have any injury. And that's, I think the Jonathan Taylor thing really highlighted that, even though you've got to give credit to Zach Moss. He's played a couple, three really gritty ball games. Uh, perhaps a tandem of Moss and Taylor are just what that Colts offensive needs. But the offensive line, you know, Quentin Nelson didn't practice earlier this week. Uh, you know, that's the key, in my opinion, is their offensive line. I think on its best day, it's just average. Now, other people disagree with that. Well, I'm just going to point to the fact that they couldn't run the football with the exception of one game with Moss in the backfield. And Moss has shown that he can be productive. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stick with the fact that he has to have a line just like Jonathan Taylor does to run behind. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll have a wait-and-see attitude. But if you look at the Colts in totality, Look how Matthew Stafford carved up their secondary this past Sunday. That has to be a concern. Uh, they couldn't get any pressure on him to speak of. Um, but, you know, 
the guys who ran routes for Los Angeles are good route runners. They're possession receivers, but they're not game breakers with speed who create separation and go deep. The same dilemma that the Colts have, to be quite frank, but yet they found ways to move the football through the air 10, 15 yards at a time rather than going for a big chunk. So I still think the Rams will be a very formidable offensive team when they get Cooper Cup back. But the bottom line is that's a ball game that the Indianapolis Colts should have won at home. Yeah, they they really should have. I, I you know, all all of the other things aside, I, I wish they would have come out with the W on that one. Um, but if you look at September historically, the first month of the season, they have struggled to be two and two without their. Some people say Jonathan Taylor is the best player on that team. I'll say he's certainly the best running back. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'll give you that. As they come out of September at 2-2 two and two with a rookie quarterback and an injury to your key running back, that's not a bad month in retro. That's not a bad month at all. And so you need to be better than 500. But uh, if you just told the Colts, hey, you're going to come out of this month two and two with a rookie quarterback and no Jonathan Taylor, they probably would have said, where do we sign up for that? I really think they would. They wouldn't like to say, oh, no, I want to be four and oh. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. But looking at their talent, looking at their depth, two and two is not a bad mark for September for that team. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, uh, we ha- we don't talk about baseball very often, but it is the season uh, for, uh, you know, the, the baseball, uh, the, the best of the, in the game of baseball to start uh, winding down. And who do you think is going to come out on top of all, you know, in terms of a, a couple of teams that will be in the in the finals in I, the uh, think, World Series? I can't envision a, a situation where the Atlanta Braves don't win the whole ball of wax. Just my perspective. Yeah, I like Atlanta. I really do. I think they're the best team on paper. That might not carry things all the way to the hilt. Their pitching has been mm-hmm. uh, up and down, but it was strong down the stretch. I do think the Dodgers have to be taken seriously, as well as always the Houston Astros. So, so one of those three is probably going to win the whole thing, in my opinion. But, hey, what do I know, right? You know a lot. You do sports. So <laughs> there you yeah. go. Well, you can find just as many people who say, hey, I don't know what I'm talking about as those who say I do. But yeah. I like watching baseball playoffs, but – uh, to be honest with you, the expansion of the playoffs gave baseball exactly what they deserved, some quick outs on some teams that didn't play that well in the regular season. Boy, weren't you know, they out? I mean, none of them went. Everybody, all of them went the minimum, didn't they? Yeah, you, you figure Tampa Bay, Milwaukee, and uh, Doug on it. Um, Toronto were all jettisoned pretty quickly by teams that were better in the regular season. But Let's face it, there's a reason that playoffs are expanded. It's additional television revenue. It's additional revenue for the teams. Uh, everybody makes money when you have uh, more games. So uh, I'm not surprised by it. I just think it dilutes the quality of the playoff picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll see. Uh, so your pick is the Braves uh, to win it all? 
I, I think the Atlanta Braves are the team to beat, and I say that, and they'll probably drop this. I keep an eye on the Phillies a little bit, too. The Phillies have got some momentum, mm-hmm. and they're a fun bunch to watch, in my opinion. But uh, I've always been a big Bryce Harper fan. A lot of people have said he was paid too much money in that monstrous contract. I'm telling you, when that guy's healthy, he's a heck of a ball player. He mm-hmm. appears to be right now. So I'll say I'll take the Braves, but the Dodgers, the Astros, and the Phillies all have a chance to win the World Series. I just think the Braves have the best chance. Okay. Got that. Got that. Hey, your buddy Jeff uh, wants to talk to you, Danny. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. Hey, Tina. Hey, Danny. How you guys doing? Doing good. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, got a question for you, Danny. And yes, I do agree with you about the Atlanta boys. I do think they're the best ones out there. I lived in Atlanta, so I... Uh, I it's a great sports town when the they're winning. Yes, it's great. Yeah, Atlanta's a great sports town, but I do love my Tigers, but they got issues. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, have you heard anything that the NFL maybe in the next within the next decade maybe expanding to eight cities like Portland, San Antonio, San Diego, St. Louis? Have you heard anything about that? Well, before I answer that question, I want to remind you that I told you your Washington Commanders plus eight and a half was a good bet against Philadelphia last week. They should have won that football game. I'm not gloating. I yes. just wanted to remind you, okay? In terms of expansion, right. why not for the NFL? They're the most popular spectator sport in North America, and they print more money than anyone other than the Federal Reserve. Now, eight teams at once isn't going to happen, but there might be eight candidates. I don't know who those candidates are, but I do know this. Yeah. If you've got a stadium or you've got a stadium that's under construction, you're on their hit list. And as much as I feel the product is diluted as a whole, because I don't think there's only four teams in the National Football League who can win the Super Bowl this year, that being San Francisco, uh, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Kansas City. Four. Okay, yes, that's I not totally... very many. Now, with that being said, do you dilute the product further with expansion with a team or two? Probably, because you know you're going to sell tickets, you know you're going to sell merchandise, and everybody's going to make money. And that's the whole branding of the NFL. There's enough money for everybody to get in on it. Let's all make money together. Well, and the reason I heard that because he said they want more minority owners, more owners of color involved. Uh, like well, that would be a fantastic or, thing. I, that, I'm 100% behind that. But I think their objective and expansion is more about profitability than it is diversity. Oh, sure. No doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah, you know, cities like Birmingham and uh, uh, I even heard Brooklyn might even get a team. You know, uh, but I don't know how I don't know how the Jets and the Giants will feel about that. but Well, I don't think you'll I, see I, three I, teams in that area at once. But listen, there's plenty of markets out there that would love to have an NFL franchise. The key is your is your stadium. Is Do you have a stadium right now that's ready, or do you have one under construction? Those are the keys. If you don't have that, you don't have a chance. But to your point, expansion, I'm sure that NFL looks at that periodically, if not more often than I might imagine, because that just means more money for everybody to split up. Okay, Danny, uh, as always, you're on top of things, and thanks again, Tina. All right. Well, thank, thank you, Jeff. So you're on top of things, top, Danny. I don't know if I'm on top of things, but I'll, I'll take that. He's a good man, and I just had to remind him about my prediction last week with the commanders on the road at Philadelphia. But So what is that? Well, that means that somebody made some money if they would have listened to Well, him. yeah, if, if, but I, I, I'm i not handicapping as much as just that just stuck out to me. When interdivision teams play each other, uh-huh. usually it's a tough thing, and eight and a half is a lot of points in the NFL. That's a big number. Uh-huh. So. 
I think. But, you know, Las Vegas... Commanders are playing tonight, right? They're playing tonight on uh, Thursday Night Football. They're playing... Uh, the Bears. The, Bear, the Bears. The Bears, yeah. So, I mean, to my point earlier about only four teams being Super Bowl mm-hmm. caliber, that's got to be a concern for the NFL, too. They talk about parity. I call it futility. Mm. And you've only got four teams, realistically. And, and, you know, they'll argue, well, hey, you know, you're trying to read the crystal ball. Well, without unless injuries play a part of it, who can beat those four teams mm-hmm. on a regular basis, or for that matter, in the playoffs? Those are the contenders for the Super Bowl. And here we are in week five. I'm saying there's only four teams. Now, you can say, hey, you don't know what you're talking about, Dan, or this, that. Okay, fine. But let's see how this thing plays out. I would be flabbergasted if the Super Bowl champion wasn't one of those four teams. In fact, I'm almost certain of it. I'm not going to say which one because I'm not that certain yet, but it's going to be one of those four. And that's a problem for the NFL. But on the other hand, when you're making the kind of money they're making, nothing's problematic unless somebody's suing you in court and they've got a chance to defeat you. So that being said, the NFL is still the big kahuna, and it's going to be forever, at least in my lifetime. And uh, for those who enjoy their football in some of these towns that had no chance of and just making the playoffs is enough for some fans. But uh, for those who have no chance at the Super Bowl but yet love to support their team, I salute those individuals, their tailgates, the jerseys they buy, uh, the support they give their local market. That's good for the local economy. Mm. But again, as I get back to it, everything I say today is basically – financially driven and yeah and speaking of financially driven in the local economy i can't believe i'm even asking but i am gonna you know what i'm gonna ask about it's this this obsession uh that the nfl and i think they've had to back off of it actually uh that they've had with this uh uh uh, travis kelsey uh taylor swift stuff i mean that's not that can't be i mean it's market they're somebody's making money off of that whether it's real or not whether they really are involved or or not and it's it's annoying to watch an nfl game and out because you're watching taylor swift the taylor swift show and not the football game because the nfl just keeps i would say this in response to that travis kelsey's been a character before he (laughs) met that young lady and he's been an interesting one when i say a character meaning that he's always had something to say uh he's they focus on him on the sidelines almost as much as they do Patrick Mahomes, not quite as much. And he's a heck of a football player to boot. Taylor Swift is a phenomenon for two reasons. She's a straightforward businesswoman, and she is a woman who is dominating a male industry in terms of entertainment, bands. You know, think about the number of women who've had the cachet that she has. It's a pretty short list. There's herself, Madonna, um, I would say Lady Gaga in her day, Diana Ross, but a very short list with Cher. That's remarkable in itself. Now, how does that factor into football? Well, the NFL is, if they're, they're a number of things, but they're not stupid. They tie in the entertainment aspect of it. You know, if you notice against the Jets, real quickly in a roundtable, they showed Aaron Rodgers sitting in a suite, Taylor Swift sitting in a suite, and Travis Kelsey walking along the sidelines all in less than 30 seconds. That is smart from the standpoint of keeping their product under the white-hot spotlight. But to your point, it is 
I find it nauseating as well. I don't care about Miss Swift's personal life or Mr. Kelsey, either one. I wish them well, and perhaps they'll get married and have children and live happily ever after. Yeah, the odds it, are not good at that. Well, whatever. I mean, it, but if they don't, that's okay, too. Yeah, it is. That's my point. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. But uh, anything that makes the NFL a little bit more visible, makes the silver dollar shinier, they're all for that, and in some ways I agree with it, but I'm with you. I've heard enough about it. Uh, her performance at the box office and selling out stadiums a la the Rolling Stones or Bruce Springsteen or Metallica is impressive, but realistically speaking, uh, I'm not a huge fan of her music, but I take my hat off to her as a businesswoman. She's incredible. She's smart. She's articulate. And you know what? She and Travis both know what they're doing. They're adults. And it's not all about uh, love and roses. It's about dollars as well. And yeah, I, I know. A lot of people have really expressed a lot of skepticism about the whole thing and think that it's a you know, a money grab and a publicity stunt and, you know, whatever. But people Well, you call being... it a money grab. I haven't seen a T-shirt or a coffee cup with their image on it for sale yet. But well, happens, not there. But remember, they, they fourfold, fourfold after that the first time that she was spotted at the game in the suite with his mom, his jersey, you know, the quadruple jersey sales, Travis Kelsey jersey sales quadrupled. Well, you, and, and there were oh, they the what? economic impact of that was was laid out uh, after the very first time she was spotted. Even the outfit that he wore walking away from the game sold out. Well, that's a certain demographic that marches to that beat, and it's a small one. Uh, but as far as his jersey sales quadrupled, I don't know what he was selling to begin with. So taking that times four is the real barometer, not so much the fact that it quadrupled. I will say this. They have drawn a lot of attention. That's never bad from a TV perspective. But uh, you know yeah. what? Uh, let her sing the national anthem at the uh, at the Super Bowl. Maybe Kansas City will be there. Maybe he could come out there and hold hands with her. I really don't care. Mm. But I will say to your point, I've seen more than enough of it myself. I've seen and enough. If I tune into a game, uh, I tend to tune in right before kickoff. I don't want to hear a lot. I mean, I long for the old days when a game would come on at the top of the hour, kick off about five minutes later. All you got was, hey, who was injured from the last game? Who is not playing tonight? And a quick analysis of the matchup. And I'm, I'm going back to the days of, you know, the old Monday night football with Howard Cosell or even Pat Summerall uh, calling games uh, with John Madden. So I'm not much for the whole pregame thing. It's, it's, a, it's a debacle. There's no way in the world we should have 90 minutes of pre game coverage but you know what that's valuable to sell ad space so nbc cbs fox abc espn they all pay enormous amounts of money for the rights of those games so i don't blame them for selling every cent of uh, an ad that they can yeah okay yeah i i, I hope it tamps down that's all I just hope well yeah <laughs> I, i'm with you I've, I've seen enough of that myself too yeah. it's, it's time for that to go away but it's not going to for a while as long as they're dating or friends or whatever that is and that's their business it's still going to be a storyline and you know what eventually it will uh, will uh, either be ridden to its death or those two will live happily ever after married probably somewhere in between the two. <laughs> <laughs> hey indycar we didn't talk indycar well there is an eight-hour event at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for sports cars this weekend, uh, which is a, an interesting race. Uh, I think Eight-hour? An eight-hour endurance event, yeah. Roger Penske is a great road racer in his day. He loves road racing, so anytime he can 
showcase road racing at his track here in Indianapolis. He's going to do that. So tickets are only 30 bucks. It's an interesting event. You'll see some really high-tech racing, in my opinion. And there's, uh, like I said, for 30 bucks, you're going to find a hard, uh, it's going to find a very difficult for more entertainment for $30 if you're a race fan. Are you going? I think I'll go out there. I'm going to, I'm going to pay a little bit of attention to it. The Colts mm-hmm. got some things going on. I'm going to, I'm going to sneak in and see what's going on. I always try to, anything they run out there, I'd probably watch them race rickshaws out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like uh, to see I, things I, go Yeah, fast. I like racing so much, but, and I love that place. In fact, that's the cathedral for me. Yeah. And, uh, I tell people this all the time. I sprinkle a few of my dad's ashes out there when he passed away. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Real discreetly because he's the one who turned me on to all this racing and took me to the Indianapolis 500 for the first time in 1969, and I've never missed one since. So mm-hmm. to my pop, there's that tribute. But uh, as far as, uh, you know, we were talking about this IndyCar thing, there's an interesting situation going on where uh, Michael Andretti is going to be if he hasn't already be served an arbitration notice by attorneys representing a former driver, Romain Grosjean, who is claiming that they offered him a contract, but then withdrew it. Now the other side says, Hey, you drew up an offer and submitted it to us. We didn't want it. Drivers don't submit offers. Of course, now they could, but the teams have control over who they retain. IndyCar yet with another contractual issue, I guess is what I'll say, because the Alex Polo thing is far from over. McLaren's going to get a sizable amount of money from him to go their separate ways. So even when they're not racing open-wheel cars, there's still something in the news from a contractual standpoint. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Those are private matters, private business matters between those parties. But it surrounds IndyCar in the offseason. I'm for anything that keeps the series alive, for lack of a better term, or relevant in the offseason. So kudos for that. I don't want anyone to lose money. I don't want anyone to cheat anyone in business. That's not right. But at least there's something to talk about along those lines. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we'll be talking with you. Uh, let's see, go Colts this Sunday. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, <laughs> what transpires. You know, what develops a, a, as a result of the start of that game. We'll, we, we will see, I guess, eventually. We will. And keep in mind, the Pacers training camp opens soon. The Pacers have got a number of really talented young players. Mm-hmm. How are they going to mesh? You know, you look at Miles Turner, you look at uh, Matherin, you look at uh, Halliburton, and certainly I think a guy to keep an eye on is, is you know, Obi Topin, or Toppin rather, who came from the Knicks. But the guy that I'd like to see become a rebounding force in the NBA, and I think he's got the potential. I don't think that's I think that's why the Pacers signed him as an undrafted free agent as Oscar Shibway from oh. the University of Kentucky. He was a a monster on the boards in college. It's a man's game in the NBA. Okay. Can he, trans- can he make that transition something to keep an eye on in camp? Okay. Um, I'll, 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 I'm not familiar with that uh, particular young athlete, but I will look him up. Well, he's, he was a phenomenal player at the University of Kentucky for okay. two years. Uh, won awards, uh, was the mainstay of their team. John oh, Calipari. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. John Calipari had said that he felt this guy could rebound at the NBA level. That's the key. The NBA is a positionless league. You don't have to have a center <laughs> to win, but it sure comes yeah. in handy. But you do have to rebound the basketball. Mm-hmm. The Pacers have been beaten on the backboards terribly for the last three years. Can this kid change that a little bit? We'll find out. Let's hope so. Danny, we will talk to you next time. Have a great weekend. Be careful out there. 
look forward to it. Let's get this rain to stop now, okay? I want to go outside and walk around. I can't melt, okay? <laughs> okay, we don't want you to melt. Thanks, Thanks. Danny. We'll All talk right. to you again soon. Danny Bridges, sports writer with the Indianapolis Recorder. And you should check out Danny's, uh, Danny's article this week, his column uh, this week. Uh, really kind of takes you through the whole uh, Jonathan Taylor odyssey, if you will, um, in a very direct uh, way. So a good piece. Uh, that is all the time we have for right now for Community Connection. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. Got a whole lot more for you uh, coming tomorrow, so be sure to tune in with us. We'll talk again then. As always, please be safe and be well. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection. <laughs>